Elon Musk is in hot water yet again after some scintillating comments made to a reporter in 2017 surfaced this week. Regarding his vision for refueling Starship, his theoretical interstellar space transport vehicle, he is quoted as telling Boston Globe reporter Penny Pepper, The two ships would actually mate at the rear section. They would use the same mating interface that they use to connect the booster on liftoff. Or that you and I could try later tonight. Well, if you wanted honesty, you've come to the wrong place. This is the Disinformed Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Michael. I'm Courtney. And Mr. Watkins, it appears that we have an interloper this evening. Posse? Posse? Yes, we are joined today by my sister Kristen. Yay! Oh my God, why did you sound like you're going through a change? <laughs> I watched you change <laughs> into a fly. You made me snap. <sighs> Here I am. She's one step closer to the snap. Also, she's, she's about to break. Yeah. <laughs> why? <sighs> you always. It is this. her 42nd birthday today. You lie. It's her 51st birthday, you bastard. <laughs> Fucking assholes. <laughs> hey, if you're around if you're around John, you age in dog years. So Yeah, well, That's not fair. my skin, bitch. That's the first bitch that you'll hear tonight. Not the last, certainly. So I report up in our office, which is, you know, up the stairs and around the corner, and we had to uh, we had to find one of those like lifts to get her up the stairs because you know I'm so those knees aren't working anymore. You call the cab? It's my butt bitch. (laughs) Yeah, she's been sticking it up your ass for so many years that it started to have a calcium deposit right around the ankle. Exactly what it is. It's not plantar fasciitis. Absolutely not that. For Kristen's next birthday, we're gonna get her one of those uh, pools that have the treadmill <laughs> and the little harness yeah. it's okay I'm going to get one of those hamster balls that they put the water in so you don't chafe all your skin off as you flip Dude, around on hills I saw yeah. a video today of some uh, a human and a hamster wheel and him crashing and it was awesome it was Human music. I, I saw that <laughs> yes. video too. So yeah, it's like a, it's like at a playground almost, and it is a hamster wheel for humans. Uh, yeah, adult-sized <laughs> people. Yep. And he's running, and <laughs> he biffs it. He goes up, like he goes up to the top, and then you know Falls. gravity, and just hard hits. I'm surprised he didn't get knocked out immediately. It's great. Whoops! He there goes gravity. Did. So he had to drop like Skrillex, or <laughs> basically. <laughs> Okay, cool. He has a he has a couple more teeth than Skrillex, so <laughs> he wasn't wearing the much. helmet. That's why he lost him. <laughs> Different topic. I hear you guys been talking shit, bitch. About what? What? Wait, huh? Wow, that was a hard left. <laughs> <laughs> I got You're whipped welcome. last year. I was just done with that conversation. So. Yeah, aren't we all? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we were. Uh, we haven't said anything about your incestuous relationship with your brother <laughs> at all. Hundred yeah. percent, you have. If anyone's gonna fuck my sister, hundred percent, you have. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to this all the time. I'm like, God damn it, there's my name again. Like, God damn it, John keeps talking about his sister. <laughs> How fortunate um, we are to have the Lannisters in one room together tonight. <laughs> damn it. Ah, Courtney, you fucking kill it. <laughs> oh, you beat me to the punch. Just like the child. <laughs> the sad thing is, is uh, 
Uh, John has been Tyrion for quite some time now, and he just keeps <laughs> thinking he's Jamie. <laughs> he could never be Jamie. <laughs> that pimp hand is not strong enough. Do you guys want to hear the saddest story that I have from a good long while? Like, this is a sad, like, I'm oh, a Oh, we're sad talking person. about our band tonight? Uh, my, actually, tangentially, yes. Oh, um, good. Okay, so I told you guys about the termite problem that, I, that we've had, because there's always one thing happening in this fucking house. Yeah, you've been eating wood for years. Well, so we had this huge termite tunnel and finally got treatment today. We booked the appointment like a month ago. So the dude shows up and uh, they're treating. It takes like an hour or two hours for them to like, they're doing the whole treatment of the whole house. You know, just, to, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't know why you can't just plug one termite hole. Not important. <laughs> anyway. You well, got to make sure so while, the, it, it doesn't spread. You know, that's, that's usually so while, how you stop STIs. While he's here. Um, I put the dogs in in our bedroom, and I just come into the office, and I start mixing uh, a song that we're going to be releasing at some point. I think the uh, <laughs> the one that you're going to rap on. <laughs> Ooh, yes. Uh, um, so all this dude can hear downstairs is at this point because I'm just starting to mix it. It's just a kick drum, just a boom, 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 or whatever the hell. Um, he asks, he has a question for me. I go downstairs, I answer the question. He's like, "Hey, you making beats up there?" <laughs> and I was like, "No, I'm I'm mixing a song." Uh, and he goes, "Oh, cool, cool." Ooh. And he just kind of lets it go. And then throughout the next couple hours, every now and again, he'll be like, so like, is it for like a reception or like for a party or something? And I was like, no, man. And then this is where I don't know why I did it, but I lied. And I was like, <laughs> I was like no, I'm mixing someone else's song. And he goes, oh, I was like, yeah, it's like a side hustle. You know, people pay me money and they send me songs and I mix them. Does he give you his CD? No. And he goes, oh, he goes, oh, man, that's cool. That's really cool. How long have you been doing that? And I was like, oh, well, I just started getting back into it. Uh, <laughs> and then after the whole treatment's done, uh, we're settling up and he has a, a mobile like card reader and he's entering in like some of the details. And he's like, so am I going to see your name anywhere? Are you, you famous? And I was like, if I was famous, do you think I'd be living in a house that had bee problems, termite <laughs> problems, and then God knows Dang. what else happening that I don't know about yet? <laughs> and your ignorant ass coming out for a service call? <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I lied today about something that I legitimately would like to do um, for no reason. It's not like he was like, you know, asking probing questions on, you know, why I was mixing. Like, he wasn't saying, is this your profession or is this a hobby? But for some reason, um, yeah, it was just a really sad moment for me. And I just felt like I should share that with the people that might care. I don't think okay. it's sad. I think it's fun. So I, I mean, you were you were by saying you were doing it for someone else as opposed to yourself. You are kind of cutting the thread on any sort of conversation. Oh, what do you do? What's your genre? You know, blah, 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 blah. You were cutting conversation so you didn't have to deal with it. I understand that. Do you do that, Michael? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> when people ask me what I study, I sometimes just say I'm, I, I'm in school. Well, isn't physics enough? <laughs> no. Especially if they're drunk. Then they're like, oh, I got a theory for you. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times people have come up to me with some theory on how the universe works. Seriously, you, you can't count to five? <laughs> I don't have to, so I can't. He's a physicist, not a fucking mathematician. Yeah, I, I don't need to. Everything is just X for the variable. I don't need to count. Don't you know how but... quantum storytelling goes? <laughs> no, no if I pay... That. Exactly. <laughs> if I pay attention to it, everything collapses. But... 
No, I. Whenever I'm at a bar or something, and people are like, "Oh, what do you do?" Oh, I study physics. Oh, tell me all about it. Or I got some questions. Or I got some theories. (laughs) Who wants to hear about physics? Losers. I don't know. I'm just saying. No, that's a fair point. I usually think like, "Oh yeah, if I say physics, it's a dry enough subject." People are like, "Oh, Michael, I don't care." Get it? You have the charisma of a collapsing star. Usually that's a sign that people shouldn't talk to me, but sometimes when I say physics and in the way that I say it, people think that that means that they need to ask more probing questions. Yeah, you're you're like Olivia Newton-John too? You know what it is, Michael, is you just look really sad and lonely and they just feel bad for you and they want to talk to you. That actually makes sense. Is that why your girlfriend talks to you? (laughs) She doesn't talk to you. What is this? Yeah, she doesn't. Yeah, no. Let me me rip this band-aid off. And then, and then oh, maybe no. we can just do the the show. Oh, maybe. Or, or, or this maybe, is a I'll, show. I'll I'll, sh- I'll I'll shut up. Is what we I'm have trying a show. To we might, oh. <laughs> despite our best efforts. <laughs> yeah, because you've been the one that's talking, John. Yeah. Um. Right. Kristen and I have a tradition on our birthdays, and we go to Arizona Wilderness, and they have like a three dollar big mug of beer, right? And it, we've done this for many years now, so we're on our way there, and we're talking about this moment that's coming up us recording the podcast tonight because i've been really excited about it um and we started talking about you michael because (laughs) i don't talk about me because Kristen was saying that the only reason she really wanted to be on this podcast is so that she could be just as mean to you as you deserve um and that brought up the conversation of why are we mean to michael because i'm not trying to suck your dick here but you're a really nice guy. You it, are. We, we talked started, about we actually, this at length. Yeah, we talked at length about how nice of a person you are because you are genuinely interested in talking to people with differing opinions than your own. And you want to probe and you want to understand why people think the way they do. And I just want to take a quick second to say that I really do appreciate that about you. So no Aww. matter how many times I drag your dirty, bloated dick through the dirt, um, just know that underneath it all, somewhere... Deep down in my heart, <laughs> I kind of respect you. Also, I never would ever think of being mean. Sorry, to I was you. I was trying to go with the the shut the I'm sorry. fuck up, Michael. And I take my compliment back. See, I was about to say something nice. When I have seen you in person, I would never be mean to you. But after listening to the podcast, I feel like I have to. I don't know what it is. Why I feel that I need to berate. We you. said that you're a real punchable dude. You are. But in person, you're not. But like hearing your voice, yes. See, that's why I don't is, talk. You've yeah, you, you remove the enough. element of anonymity from Michael in public, and you know him now, and his personality has manifested itself enough on this podcast that you feel like you can extrapolate. <laughs> And let me proffer an example, because I, too, was discussing Michael, the gentleman (laughs) who I love and cherish immensely today. (laughs) But for the listeners, because context is important and I want to bring you all up to speed in a way that is not Michael-like at all. So in less than a minute. What? (laughs) Michael sent an 18 paragraph discussion about how YouTube has indicated that certain types of videos with certain lengths and styles (laughs) are the most popular. And in order to ensnare that audience, Michael then says, let's take some of our clips and do this said sort of like format for the videos and we too can you know cash in on the cachet of being youtube famous and he explained this 
in usual Michael fashion. I had seen this and did not respond because I don't have the energy to waste. Secondarily, Michael then submits videos of audio clips in this format for our general, you know, consumption and approval. And he says, by the way, these are probably shitty. Just let me know if this is a waste of time and then I'll stop. We review them. John necessarily lampoons them because the initial one is a giant bald man with like artillery shells on his chest <laughs> saying something that John said by fucking voice. <laughs> At which point then Michael replaces this with another individual who is waifishly small, still wearing some weird form of art, you know, artillery shells and like a team speak headset. But his hand is moving now. Because oh, it's animated. Satan bad. Sex work good. <laughs> At which point, I ask, as a clarifying question, what would possess Michael to use this particular software? Michael then proceeds to re-explain that entire 18-paragraph motivation for why he elected to make this type of video, rather than simply fucking responding to the question that I asked, which is, why would you use this particular software? He also linked a YouTube video, like, when he was originally pitching this. And mm -hmm. I didn't look at how long the YouTube video is, but I know just from Michael's, like, track record that it's probably, like, a 45-minute fucking, like, deep dive on why that shit is potentially okay. Like, I don't trust those videos. <laughs> I'm never going to watch those videos because it's... It's like, here's how to be YouTube famous uploaded from like, it'd be like if we uploaded a video on how to be YouTube famous. Michael, get on that. This is why you get salted. <sighs> no, he acts. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not <laughs> going to defend let it. You, I'll let you defend yourself here in a moment. Okay. But okay, the okay. reason that the discussion came up is that I then had to call over super fan Steven <laughs> as we had been discussing, uh, you know, elements of the podcast and things that he appreciated. And I said, this is why. Michael catches so much heat on the show because these are the things that occur behind the curtain that we then never really illustrate or bring to light that we just get to deal with. And then they occasionally manifest on the show. And, and Steven just kind of looked at me and shook his head and went back to his desk. Good job, and Steven. I think that that illustrates reaction. perfectly the Michael experience. Love now, you, Michael, buddy. please, here's here's your moment to retort. I will back out. So the whole idea was it's... It, You're saying, Courtney? Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, I, I knew who Michael was for a whole year and didn't bother to know his name because he was just the Howie's Pizza guy. So, uh... Oh, my God. That's, that's fair. No, that... That is understandable is because everyone at the bar <laughs> referred to me as Howie's guy. That's Ooh. fair. I am not upset or offended by that at Ooh, all. I always appreciated the pizza. <laughs> the exactly. So when I would bring in pizza, people would know me as Howie's guy. When people refer to me as Howie's guy, I'm not Furthermore, offended. Oh, I've contributed to this podcast with you for through, you know two years now. I've never <laughs> seen slice one of that goddamn pizza. That's fucking rude, Michael. <laughs> Give him yeah. pizza. 
I think I promised at one point or another that you I would did. bring you pizza, and I did yes, not. Yes, he promises. And this is when we were recording in the same room at your mm-hmm. old place. <gasps> yes, that is true. And, and you were coming true. directly from work to record. That is also true. Wow, mm-hmm. this is yeah. so rude. I'm... You owe him a big sausage pizza, my friend. Uh, not <laughs> that big sausage, sausage. pizza. No. Or maybe a little. I don't know. From Dick's. Uh, you, haven't... <laughs> you haven't confused me well enough. Uh, okay. Well, Michael, you have your, your chance to retort now. Okay. I've derailed you. So defend yourself. The whole idea. So the YouTube video is Please only 20 minutes. The video no, again. no, no. No, I'm not Please. going to. Five minutes or less. The idea is that. Five minutes. Oh, I can do less. YouTube Shorts. Yeah, we know. <laughs> I I I've thought about this because I've been told this, so I I've practiced getting this down to a five minute thing. YouTube Shorts are like TikTok. TikTok popular. YouTube Shorts popular. Get on that YouTube Shorts. <laughs> so we have plenty of clips out of context. Pretty hilarious. Like John saying earlier, sex work good, Satan bad. That's kind of funny with no context. Is it? Kind of. Okay. <laughs> kind of funny. Um, so I figure, well, take that clip, make an animation out of it. It might get one subscriber. That's a significant increase considering the number of, of subscribers we have on YouTube. Mm. So it I'm like, like a lot why of work, not? Though. It's honestly, I spent a good chunk of the day today doing that, and I thought it was fun. If you're having fun, far be it for any of us to tell you not to do something. Exactly. But still doesn't answer the question of why you chose that particular animation style. He did eventually so, address okay. that. I, yes, but so I'm I'll, saying here. It took 40 years. Very, very quickly. No, very quickly. I, use, I used Source Filmmaker. Source is based off of the from programs from Valve. Valve owns Steam. If you have a computer and you've played video games, you've used Steam. Steam is pretty much they make Half-Life, they make Team Fortress 2. Source Filmmaker uses those models, and you can pretty much make videos out of it. That was actually pretty fast. Yes. It still doesn't explain why you chose (laughs) to use that. I don't I, care what it is. I don't need to know how the fucking watch why works. Why did you buy it? I already knew how it worked. I, I've watched plenty okay. of videos made. I've made. Wa- I've watched plenty of videos made by the watchmaker. We've now here, forty me, minutes and, into this, gotten my question answered. I, I was going to say, let me try fuck. and rephrase the question. So you know how to use this, and you're comfort, almost comfortable with it. What Shane is asking is. Why those? If you could choose any set of characters or any set of animation style using that software, what made you want to make us look like? Oh, gosh, I can't say this. Play-Doh play Doh characters from like That's, the early yeah, knots. Like, why did you make us look like budget Fortnite characters? Ooh, <laughs> uh, I'll have you know that uh, Team Fortress Two is the original. Um, was it Overwatch people? So. Listen, that's we all a little like bit different. Being perpetual but... virgins, but <sighs> it's because I already appreciated the technology that was used in it. Uh, I will improve my technique and well, not thank you use for those using characters. The heavy water of video editing software. The funny part is the first character that I use. His name is Heavy. 
He, he is the heavy weapons guy. So All right. that's, that's, that's funny. Okay. Anyway, hey, I'm going to steal a show real quick. Please. So, and Shane, me. John showed me Jesus Christ the other night. Mm. And we're getting towards the end of the song, and I told him that there was something that needed to be changed, and he said, I needed to mention that to you because you said the same thing. Mm-hmm. There was a mm-hmm. particular note yeah. that was off-putting. I hadn't yeah. made the edit yet, and we were listening through, and Kristen was complimenting it, and then she said, there is one part, though, in the outro that sounds a little little weird, and I was like, I think I know what you're talking about, and we soloed it up, and she got to hear firsthand uh, what we've talked about off air a bunch of times. I was going to say the adjustment in the room I actually showed her. I was like, Hey, here's how you do this automation edit. And I made the automation. I was like, let's listen back. She goes infinitely better. 100%. Yeah. Speaking of automation, I have an interesting dovetail. So I, I received a phone call at work today for someone who just needed to come and, and collect something. They could not get into the building because we require a badge in order to access at this point. Okay. I spoke with her on the phone, met her at the door, and escorted her to the front desk. As we are walking into the building, she says, When you were on the phone, your voice is just so smooth that I thought I was talking to a machine. <laughs> like, what, I read audiobooks. At what which kind point, of robots has she been listening to? Uh, my, my response was, is like, it's fine. I, I've got difficulty being mistaken for a human being in most of my general interactions. So it's okay. I understand. I used to do the movie phone thing. <laughs> you still, and if you're cozy with it, I've said it before, but you can actually do it now because you have the, the software. Mm. I, ever since we've been friends, am enamored with your voicemail message. Your voicemail message is the best one to this day that I've ever heard. And, you know, luckily for me, you never answer the phone when I call anyway. So I get to hear <laughs> it plenty. Yeah. Um, so please, I'm just going to leave that on the table. And then maybe later down the road, we can pay that off. Okay. But um, I was going to ask for you to repeat whatever the message is just for the listeners. You know, the three of them. I'm, I mean, I don't remember it. To the exact, you know, yeah. yeah. It's worth paying off at a separate time. Yeah. Well, thank you all for enduring that marvelous bit of nonsense from the podcast that Plague brought to you today, because both Michael and I are apparently not getting our direct data downloads from the mothership today. Nope, but you are getting 5G. You'd think. (laughs) Well, for the uninitiated amongst you, including, you know, Kristen on a semi- uninitiated basis what we typically do here as she lampooned earlier when we were having a quick conversation is we will dive into a random esoteric topic and in the course of explaining it to one another we will lie occasionally just to make things interesting it is then incumbent upon the co-hosts of the podcast to ferret out those lies as they hear them sort them the facts from fiction and then of course, bring us to a an abrupt cessation where no one wins because the points do not matter and we are all certifiable losers. Yes. Indeed. So, this evening, in addition to Kristen's effervescent presence here on the podcast, which we are thrilled to have, and thank you for sharing your birthday with us. Yes. We are going to discuss one of the greatest cinematic what we call it? Foibles, faux pas, yes. uh, clusterfucks Both. in the holes of human history. All of the above. In an episode entitled, Hashtag Walrus Yes, or Argo Tusk Yourself. 
or I tusk myself. How about every time I listen to this podcast, I tusk myself? (laughs) It's pretty appropriate. I actually, I like Argo Tusk Yourself. Yes, that's, I tried. So, as we get started, I will indicate that there are four lies contained in this episode, which has become the running theme for the past several weeks. What, four lies? Four lies. Any questions before we start? Am I going to know all the lies because I've seen the movie? No. Okay. Certainly not. I'm very excited. As well you should be. I've been waiting for this episode for a month now, so... I know, and I am sorry to have cucked you for so long, but uh, what are you going to do? I liked it. (laughs) Delay gratification is a beautiful thing. Oh my god, that's so good. Uh, Michael's been doing it for nearly, you know, 30 years now, so... He's going to nut so hard when he finally does for the first time. (laughs) It's going to be a fire hydrant, man. (laughs) going to blow a hole through the poor girl's chest. (laughs) Unfortunately, I have a feeling it's just going to (laughs) backfire. can reflect no if you've ever watched them implode a building just (laughs) (laughs) his erection's just gonna fall back into his body the heart of a dark star yes (laughs) uh good old neutron michael over here hey it matches the hairstyle (laughs) oh yeah i got a big brain (laughs) okay (laughs) all right here we are tusk is a 2014 American comedy horror film written and directed by Kevin Smith based on a story... I'm just kidding. She's getting into the heart of it. She beat me! Oh, if only. (laughs) At least people would watch that. I'd pay to see it. Well, everyone would. Helen's tries around beating him right now. No, please, that's what you're here for. It's it's part of the fun of the experience. Everybody gets to join in. (laughs) Gets to call bullshit. Within one sentence of Shane talking. It is based on a story from his Smodcast podcast. The film stars Michael Parks, Justin Long, Haley Joel Osment, and Genesis Rodriguez. The film is the first in Smith's planned True North trilogy, followed by Yoga Hosers, and eventually to be concluded with Moose Jaws, which has yet to be filmed. Wait, hold on. Haley Joel Osment was in it? Yes. Oh, I did not know that. Indeed. Okay. And John wouldn't know either because he's not seen The Sixth Sense. Oh, he's the uh, the friend. He, uh, he's he's the kid. He's the little kid. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, oh, yeah. yes. The in friend of the podcast. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh. All right. Here is the plot. <laughs> For those of you who have not seen this film, this will be, you know, 80% of the fun. Also, anecdotally, I didn't sell this movie to Becky while when we were first dating. Ah, uh, please. And she still hates it. She'll never watch this movie again. I don't blame her. I told her it's a movie about someone getting turned into a walrus, and she thought that that meant it was someone getting turned into a walrus as of like as of by magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but not what's going to come up next. So I've it's a, the running gag in my relationship is trying to get her to rewatch it, and she would rather she legitimately it'll cause a fight if I have it on and she's in the room. John told me on Sunday, "Hey, if you tell Becky that you want to watch Tusk for your birthday." I think she'll do it. And I was like, I'm not going to be a party to that. And we told Becky that. And she said, fuck no. I did not. Jo- I told yep. her what John told me. Yeah. Anyhow. 
on that same run, uh, our bandmate Sam agreed to go with me, and she was actually very gung-ho because it was an indie movie that was going to be released, and so she was going to see it, and I don't think she was fully prepared for what she was going to be met with. And then we doubled down on that, and we went and saw Yoga Hosers together as well, which I'm fairly certain just, like, ruined what little respect for me she still had as a friend and bandmate. Anywho, so here's the plot. Best friends Wallace Brighton and Teddy Kraft host the popular podcast, The Not See Party, where they find and mock humiliating viral videos. Wallace flies to Canada to interview the Kill Bill Kid, an internet celebrity famous for severing his leg with a katana. Upon arriving in Manitoba, Canada, he is surprised to learn that the Kill Bill Kid committed suicide. Which probably is a great time to include a trigger warning Triggers. if I were a sensitive and considerate individual. <laughs> Obviously, I am not. So, my apologies. Anywho, upset that he flew to Canada for nothing, he decides to find another person to interview. He subsequently finds, and that is subsequently, Michael. I gave a thumbs up. Idiot. Uh Bless you. Uh, finds a handbill from someone offering a room in his home for free and guarantees of hearing interesting stories. This is very well written. Uh, intrigued, he arrives at the mansion of Howard Howe. Howard Howe. <laughs> a retired seaman in a wheelchair. <laughs> Howard tells the story of how a walrus... <laughs> Michael could not get through that sentence. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry, uh, Kristen giggled, and I, 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 I lost it. I, w I was keeping face, and then I just saw her <laughs> laugh, and then lean forward, and he is a retired seaman. Me. I'm sorry, retired seaman. Sorry, yes. when when you retire at sea, it, it 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 tickles my fancy. I'm sorry. Well, he does show him a walrus cock at one point. So, tomato potato. It is the baculum of a walrus. <laughs> Anywho, Howard tells us the story of how a walrus whom he nicknamed Mr. Tusk, rescued him after a shipwreck. <laughs> Wallace passes out from a uh, secobarbital-laced tea <laughs> that Howard made for him. The next morning, Wallace wakes up to find himself strapped into a wheelchair with his left leg amputated. Howard not only reveals that he can still walk, so he does still have his sea legs, uh, but lays out his plans. He uh, intends to fit Wallace into a perfectly constructed walrus costume in an attempt to recreate his old friend, Mr. Tusk. After Wallace sends a voicemail to his girlfriend, Allie, and his friend, Teddy, Howard knocks him unconscious. This is also where the famed line, I don't want to die in Canada, is issued. <laughs> I don't want to die in Canada. So marvelous. Now aware that Wallace is in danger, Allie and Teddy fly to Canada. Uh, it should also be mentioned that Allie and Teddy have been having an affair behind Wallace's back because he is a braggart and a blowhard piece of shit. This is the first time in a good long while where the synopsis is like not doing anything for me. Like there's so like the mm -hmm. I think the fun of this movie is the actual shots. It's how absurd it is. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm sorry to like take you on a side train real quick side train side trail side side michael sidebar um, 45 minutes later i authentically don't think this movie's a bad movie i like no. it a lot 
Mm-hmm. So, like, it is a quote-unquote B-horror just because of the premise, but in the execution, it actually, it has it has heart in a weird way. It's very artfully shot, one, and um, the acting, you know, it's, it's, you know, there's some tour de force performances. Michael Parks is an absolute revelation, and for those of you who are unfamiliar, the man is... Uh, a, an absolutely brilliantly skilled actor who's famed for uh, an array of roles in Quentin Tarantino films, specifically the uh, Sheriff Earl McGraw that is featured in uh, the Tarantino penned From Dusk Till Dawn and then makes recurring roles in Kill Bill and Death Proof. And he's absolutely fantastic. So uh, but he is brilliant in this movie, as well as Red State, which he starred in prior to this. Yes. I need to rewatch that, by the way. I haven't seen that. I Absolutely it fantastic. Yeah. And Park's son has now gone on to star in several Smith films and was, of course, a uh, hell of a driver named O.B. in our podcast's favorite film, oh. The Hateful Eight. I figured you did not know that, John. I did so not. I want to I, include nice that and that's for not the Tarantino lie. aficionados amongst you. Ooh. Anywho, we've digressed. I want to try to get through this because, again, you do need to see the film if you really want to do it justice. Very similar to, of course, Velocipaster and uh, Thanksgiving before it. The, the telling does not do it justice without question. So, back at the mansion, Howard continues to mutilate and alter Wallace, to whom he tells his backstory. A Duplessis orphan, he was physically and sexually abused for years by the clergy who fostered him. He sews Wallace into a walrus costume made of human skin, complete with tusks made from the tibia bones of Wallace's severed legs. A local detective puts Allie and Teddy in touch with Guy Lapointe, a former Sorete du Québec inspector who has been hunting Howard Howe for years. played by... Damn it, I was going to ask that. We'll get around to it. Uh, in a local burger joint, LaPointe reveals that Howard, nicknamed the first wife. <laughs> Which is uh, a great bit. Do you remember the, that speech off the top of your head? Uh, we call him the first wife because, you know, the first wife, uh, she will... Uh, no, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> you totally do. You bitch. <laughs> I'm not sure you know. <laughs> She will take your money, uh, she will steal your soul, but she won't fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, uh, he has been kidnapping and murdering people for years. He believes Wallace may still be alive, but not as they remember him. <sighs> Howard then conditions Wallace to think and act as a walrus, punishing him when he does not acquiesce. Howard reveals that shortly before being rescued, he had killed and eaten Mr. Tusk. So overcome with guilt, he has spent the last 15 years turning his victims into his beloved savior in an attempt to relive their last day and give Mr. Tusk one more chance at survival. With Howard dressed in his own homemade pelt, the two become engaged in a fight that ends with Wallace impaling Howard on his tusks. Howard dies, but is satisfied to have fulfilled his life's mission at last. Lapointe, Ali, and Teddy enter the enclave as Wallace bellows victoriously, much to their horror. One year later, Wallace, still sewn into the pelt, lives in a wildlife sanctuary. Ali and Teddy visit him and feed him a mackerel. 
In a flashback, Allie tells Wallace that her weeping grandfather told her that crying separates humans from animals. Uh, Allie tells Wallace she still loves him before walking off, crying. Tears run down Wallace's face as he bellows, implying that the human part of Wallace may not be completely gone. In a brief post-credit scene, LaPointe is seen clutching his stomach in gastrointestinal distress, berating himself for having eaten a second burger earlier. Is the post-credit scene bullshit? It is not. Damn it, I forgot that. That so actually lead exists. into uh, I can, yoga hosers. I can uh, almost confidently say that there is yes. not a single lie in the synopsis. You can almost confidently say that. But dun, dun, dun. Uh, the uh, you know he did eat a second Gimli slider, which was a terrible idea. Hmm, <sighs> I get that. All right, so moving on to the production, where the real fun happens. Ooh, I love I it. I love it. <laughs> Stop so it. the idea for the film came during the recording of Smodcast 259, entitled The Walrus and the Carpenter. In the bullshit. episode... Not bullshit. Damn it. Bad try. You, please do, because otherwise uh, I will do this ad nauseum. I'm used to reading uninterrupted. I know. It's because we love the sound of your, your <laughs> voice. Was, you, you sound yeah. like a robot. Even when I'm dying. I sound like Daryl Davis you know? tonight. So, in the episode, Smith, with his longtime friend and producer Scott Mosier, discuss an article featuring a gum tree ad where a homeowner was offering a living situation free of charge if the lodger agrees to dress as a walrus. The discussion went on from there, resulting in almost an hour of the episode being spent on reconstructing and telling a hypothetical story based on the ad. Smith then went to his Twitter account and uh, tweeted that he wanted them to respond with either hashtag walrus yes if they wanted to see this hypothetical turned into a film, or hashtag walrus no if they did not. A shocking majority of Smith's following agreed that the film should be made. The post on Gumtree was, in fact, a prank posted by noted Brighton poet and prankster William H. Cole, who, upon hearing of the planned film, said he was a big fan of Smith and that he would love to be involved. Cole, who was writing and starring in the BBC television show Prank Patrol at the time, whose most famous prank on the show, dubbed the Montrose Hoax, involved he and several other cast members pretending to be a Saudi prince and his entourage, and subsequently orchestrating and taking a tour of the Royal Navy ship HMS Montrose with House Leader David Cameron. Is the Montrose Hoax bullshit? It is. Uh, yeah. And it was eventually hired on as the associate producer for Tusk in 2010. Okay, so it was, a, it was bullshit, but he is the exec producer. Yes. So uh, Smith has joked, I could have easily just been like, oh, that was a stupid stoner idea that I won't follow through on. But I don't know. There seemed to be a lot of nobility in taking a stoner idea all the way through to fruition. That's yoga hosers. Luckily for Smith. What was that? Said that is actually yoga hosers. We'll get there. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Uh, luckily for Smith, the cast he assembled was equally enthusiastic about the film, even though some didn't know what they were getting themselves into when they signed on. A la Sam. Indeed. The film's lead, Justin Long, revealed that Smith never mentioned anything about a walrus in his initial letter to the actor. Is that bullshit? Nope. Fuck. I can, I can see that. 
the last thing that I knew that Justin Long started in was uh, Drag Me to Hell. Which, which is a was phenomenal so movie. Sure. Did you watch Do you, it? Does your big I, brain understand big concepts? Yes. I, I did mean, you watch I it? Yes. I didn't did like the ending. Did you actually watch it or did, did you, you just fast forward? Yes. I actually watched the end. I, I watched the whole thing. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on a second. You watched I, the movie? Yeah, yes. That's that's the real amazing part here. I, I can't imagine why it's a big deal. <laughs> You don't yes, watch stuff. I, I know this. I listen to the podcast. You don't watch anything. I watch B flicks. You porn. shut up. You <laughs> thank you. Look up all these things and write eighteen paragraphs so you can make these animation things. You don't watch movies. You I, make really shitty Team Fortress ones. Thank you for at least acknowledging <laughs> where they come from. But no, I've I've watched B flicks. I've watched like. The old, like, I've watched Birdemic, I've watched those awesome shame you were saying about the topic but, at hand. Who is this Birdemic you speak of? Uh, we're living in a panorama right now. It's a it's a teaser for a later episode. It's awful panini that promise. we're all in. Uh, it's a panorama We're in the middle of the Panda Express. <laughs> Subsequently. Uh... So, Justin Long had uh, never had it revealed that there was a walrus. He said he described it as a character study between two people, Long said. (laughs) Fucking asshole. (laughs) As he had loved working with Smith in the past, after reading that Parks would be co-starring, he knew he was going to do it regardless of what the script was like. He really tested that theory when I read it, he laughed. I was like, what? I turned into a walrus halfway through? Uh, Smith wrote the 80-page screenplay while waiting for Bob Weinstein's approval of his Clerks 3 submission package. According to Smith's 15-minute introduction of the film at its premiere, acting as a blend of a stand-up routine and a college commencement speech, the director warned that just when you think it couldn't get any weirder, it gets just a little bit more weird. In the most Chuck Klosterman delivery of any particular phrase, uh... It it could be worse. (sighs) Duplicity. Uh, It was originally... go deeper if you want them to. If only. The film was originally titled The Walrus and the Carpenter, after the episode that it starred or featured in, but he changed it to a single word, saying he knew what a movie about a walrus had to be called. The film is set in Bifrost, Manitoba. The movie was originally going to be produced by Blumhouse, but due to Smith's expedited timeline for filming, the two amicably parted ways. Uh, Tusk was eventually financed by Demarest Films. Smith had planned on premiering the film at Sundance 2014, but this was later changed to allow more time for the score to be completed. Smith was very excited about making Tusk, saying, I wanted to write what I felt was the only wrong of Red State by scripting something with no religious or sexual politics that could grow up to be a weird little movie and not an indie film called Arms or a frustrated self-distribution manifesto. I just wanted to showcase Michael Parks in a fucked-up story where he could recite some Lewis Carroll and the rhyme of the ancient mariner to some poor motherfucker sworn to a realistic walrus costume. <laughs> Is the, uh, the Bloomhouse... Uh, yeah, I was gonna say... The Bloomhouse contract bullshit? It is they not... They and furthermore, really? uh, Blumhouse uh, had, uh, they have produced one of his uh, subsequent films. 
Okay. What Jay and huh. I think the uh, the one that's coming out presently, um, the slasher. Um, uh, there's a the, new Kevin Smith coming out? There's a new Kevin Smith film coming out. It's a slasher horror. Um, Plot twist. Mm-hmm. What is it? It's look it up. Uh, uh, Kilroy nice. is what it's entitled. Oh, I haven't heard a single fucking we thing can, about it. No, we excited. will, uh, in something that will actually pay off for once, we will watch <gasps> the trailer on the After Dark. Let's do it. I'm excited to <gasps> Gasp! do that. Good luck with that. Yes. All right. Unlike Smil- <laughs> Smills, unlike Smith's previous film, Red State Tusk had a conventional theatrical release with distribution handled by the hallmark of quality in all cinematic endeavors, A24. Oh, no. That bullshit? That is not bullshit. It Why is an A24 film. When you love A24. I know I love A24. Just... We have talked Dope. about this before. I was like, okay. it, when we were mentioning how much we praise A24, is like, Tusk is an A24 film. Huh. Well, I'm, I guess, I mean, so is Dark you know. Places. You know, mm-hmm. so there are some things that kind of fall, you know. They, they do embrace the avant-garde over at A24. For sure. Speaking of which, Melissa also uh, almost ended our relationship yesterday. <gasps> What did you do? Uh, she was uh, sitting with me talking to her brother and specifically out loud in front of me said, oh, and uh, Shane made me watch Ex Machina. And that was a real piece of shit. What? <laughs> That's a great fucking movie, Melissa. Yep. I was like, you you almost shit. like talked me out of this relationship with a single sentence. I don't know how that's possible, but. Uh... I mean, Does I get it. Keep poking you in the ribs. Yep. I'm excited. I'm a little drunk. It's fine. Down, Michael. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. Yeah, that was just sitting here. The... <gasps> it's that falsetto you got. Oh. All right. Not today I can. Back into this bullshit. I hope that it inspires a little more off-the-cuff creativity and originality, long said of the film. Kevin is a very unique filmmaker, and he's one of the few guys who has the means to do it in that way, in such a renegade way. Sorry, I wanted to affect that character for a second. He's got an incredible following. He's established, he's already proven himself as a director, and he's got this very maverick mentality, which is evidenced by this more than anything else, by the fact that this is all born from a hashtag. It's a great story in and of itself. Okay. Is it? And now, for filming. (laughs) The project began pre-production in September of 2013, uh, the starting date was delayed uh, from September to October and then to November due to the filming location moving from Canada to North Carolina. Go figure. Uh, an additional two days of filming occurred in Los Angeles for the scenes involving Johnny Depp's character, Guy Lapointe. Yeah. Uh, Smith had originally considered Quentin Tarantino to play Lapointe after seeing his appearance in Django Unchained. However, Tarantino said he had no interest in acting at that moment. The role was then offered to Tracy Morgan, another Smith alum, who co-starred with Bruce Willis in the 2010 film Cop Out, a.k.a. Hot Cop for John. Uh, Morgan was unfortunately forced to pass on the production, however, owing to conflicting filming schedules in the final season of 30 Rock and the Chris Rock penned and directed feature Top 5. Asked about his inspiration for creating the character of LaPointe, Depp was mostly closed-lipped. His main inspiration, he claimed in a very brief Hollywood Reporter interview, was the candy-colored clown they call the Sandman. What? (laughs) What? That makes sense. 
Sounds legit. With well, that be said, fair, he's being beaten by Amber Heard at the time. So, uh huh. He also Ugh. does not want to be. He is credited as Guy Lapointe. Johnny Depp does not star in this movie. It is Guy Lapointe as Guy Lapointe. He doesn't want really? to be affiliated. Yes. So he is not credited ever as portraying that role. It is, is literally there... his his best role he's ever been been cast. Is at. there a reason why? I don't know because it's ridiculous. Oh. I mean, is he credited this uh, like this way in uh, Yoga Hosers? Yes, he is huh. as Guy Lapointe. And yo- in so Yoga weird. Hosers, I understand. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> my only caveat to that is that his daughter is in it. Mm-hmm. So I would be like a little confused as to why, like maybe his daughter is credited, but he's I like not. How you're trying so... to turn this into some fucking QAnon conspiracy. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm genuinely curious as to why he didn't accredit himself. It's just absurd. Uh, yeah, the just yeah. role, role is absurd. Yeah. His uh, saying the role is absurd, and yeah, everything surrounding this is just a little off. Huh. And his so. appearance, like his his character makeup in general, you do it like a quadruple take to figure out that it's Johnny Depp. He did. Uh, he asked for a prosthesis that would look like a dick for his nose and he insisted there's a giant blue vein that runs through the middle of it so that it closely resembles a dick they did a really good job yeah that doesn't seem too out of left field for what i know of johnny Depp. for the man who played hunter thompson yes Well, let him know that we uh we really like his work next time you hang out with him considering you guys are such close friends yeah exactly yeah Mm -hmm. so with all that said the cast raves about the emphasis that smith places on performance Genesis Rodriguez, a co-star in the film, was intrigued by the focus that the script placed on the actors. It was an actor's movie, first and foremost, she said. Fun fact about Kevin is that he doesn't yell action. He says, okay, kids, have fun. And that's it. That's bullshit. Nope. What? (laughs) He says, okay, kids, have fun. And that's it. So you kind of have to have fun and enjoy the moment and just enjoy the scene. It's really refreshing. Smith was also quick to back up his cast, saying that they treated it all with professionalism. They thought that it was Argo or something. And the performances they gave were so goddamn earnest that it takes all this drivel and elevates it to something that's really utterly watchable. We wound up getting one of the finest performances I have ever been around or near with Michael Parks, whom he later described as an acting Yoda who has forgotten more about acting than most actors ever come to know in the first place. And one of the amazing practical effects I've ever seen in a movie, Robert Kurtzman's Walrus. And then there's this Guy Lapointe, he said, enigmatically referring to Johnny Depp, who is credited in the film by his character's name rather than his own. I got to work with this Guy Lapointe, the generation's greatest actor. Given the somewhat gruesome nature of the material, you might assume that the set had immense potential for interpersonal tension. I mean, there's people having their legs amputated, being turned into walruses, <laughs> yeah. gross physical disfigurement. It's kind of heavy. That's However, awesome. Michael Parks went to great lengths to set his fellow actors at ease. Smith relates some anecdotes about Parks' unique sense of humor on his Smoothie Makers podcast, episode 37, Park City. For example... The first take of Genesis, Gee, and Haley arriving at the aquarium set to save Walrus. <laughs> walrus. Damn it. <laughs> to save okay, the Michael. Walrus Wallace. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Parks ran out ball-swinging newborn naked, screaming, Baby, what's the fuck? 
<laughs> and proceeded to chase them all off set. That's not bullshit. <laughs> That's not bullshit? <laughs> I'm not was calling that a, bullshit. Was that a question? You're not calling bullshit. I'm okay. not calling bullshit. I'm glad you clarified. I, I, I am calling bullshit on him being butt-ass naked. Uh, he wasn't butt-ass naked. Back. He oh. was ball-swinging newborn naked. Sorry, that's that's a fair. That's, that's, that's important to say. Very yes, different. Yes. Let me finish my sentence here. Uh, the moment was priceless, and it's one of the reasons I fucking love working with Parks. Needless to say, they blew that take. Hmm. <laughs> now, blew. what would you like to say is bullshit, Michael? Did he really run onto the set naked? No, he didn't. Okay. Congratulations. We're 50%, guys. And oh, you done geez. it, Michael. Ooh-wee. <sighs> okay. There is no doubt that the film had all the star power and originality needed to set it apart from other film releases that fall. But the lingering question to Smith was, is the film too original to be commercially viable? Let's find <laughs> out. <laughs> It's a cult classic. Tusk premiered on September 6th, 2014 at the 2014 Toronto International Film Festival, TIFF, where it screened as part of Midnight Madness. It was named the first runner-up to the Midnight Madness People's Choice Award. It was screened in Los Angeles at the Vista Theater on September 16th of that year before its wide theatrical release on September 19th. Uh, it was declared a box office bomb. Go there figure. We go. Eh earning only $846,831 from over 602 screens during its opening weekend, debuting in 14th place at the box office. At the end of its run on November 13th, the film had grossed $1,826,705 in the domestic box office and $21,000 overseas for a worldwide total of one million eight hundred and forty-eight thousand three hundred and seventeen dollars. That's so. Now much. I know this is asking a lot in the moment, mm -hmm. but do we have context on what like a, a well-performing movie would do? Like, if I, <laughs> Michael, it's, not, it's less than four million, John. Hold on. My, my question is, how did they make money from it? Uh, I'm I, I'm fairly certain that their costs were fairly low. Okay. Uh, I think the the production value was probably less than four million dollars. If I recall, it was probably less than two. Okay. okay. As so long as they made money from it, I consider that a success. What I was asking was context. So let's, mm -hmm. here's the. Top I don't three. know what the top grossing films of that weekend were. Well, I, you I'll, don't know the the thirteen doing, movies that beat it. No. I'm doing for that I, one I weekend. Googled, I googled highest grossing movies of 2014. Mm -hmm. So the top three. Give it. And the, and the numbers. Number one, Transformers Age of Extinction. Oh, God. Over $1 billion in the box office. <laughs> Trash. Uh, yeah, exactly. Hobbit, the Battle of the Five Armies. $866.6 million. And then finally, yes, thank you, Shane. Mm -hmm. uh, and finally, at number three, Guardians of the Galaxy was seven hundred and seventy-two point eight million. So say, say that number again that Tusk, Tusk grossed. Uh, $1,848,317. I feel like context was important there. <laughs> game, respect uh. game. Uh, it the film was met with mixed reviews from critics. On Rotten Tomatoes, the film holds a rating of 45% based on 131 reviews with an average rating of 5.48 out of 10. <laughs> it's a success. D's get degrees. Exactly. 
the site summary reads, Tusk is pleasantly ridiculous and charmingly self-deprecating, but that isn't enough to compensate for its thin, overstretched story. So me. Yes. The yeah. Guardian <laughs> rated the movie four out of five stars, complimenting Smith as returning to his snarky best. On Metacritic, the film has a score of 55 out of 100 based on 33 critics indicating mixed or average reviews. Uh, let's have some interesting feedback here from the Seattle Times. Uh, Eric Lundegaard gave the film zero out of four stars, stating Tusk, Whoa. which is based on one of Smith's own podcasts, is the most disgusting and pointless movie I've ever seen. <laughs> Emphasis uh, on pointless. I think that's Becky's favorite review of a movie of all time. <laughs> Likely. I spent half the movie sick to my stomach. (laughs) Yep, I feel like that's... Real quick. Hmm. Just just backstory on why Becky wrote that review. Um, (laughs) This was our second or third date. I had just had what I thought was part two of a one-night stand with Becky, and it was a Sunday morning. Um, It was a Sunday morning, and I was like, hey, before you leave, do you want to like lay in bed, drink some coffee, and eat some breakfast, watch a movie? She's like, yeah, that sounds really nice. And I put on Tusk. Also, I laid such great groundwork down for John no on their cares. first date. No one and cares. he tried to ruin it with Literally Tusk. Literally no one cares. What? Yeah, no one cares because it worked, but like you almost ruined it. I'm yeah. intrigued. Go on. Continue. About what? <laughs> How, what groundwork did you lay here? Oh, well, John and I had had a discussion before they went out and I said, oh, she's a girlfriend girl. She's not a one-night stand. She's not going to fuck you and leave. And then John went on their date. And he's like, I don't think that I'm going to tell any girls that you're my sister. Because that seems weird. Which I get. I get. I do get. But also, it might be a little bit more weird that (laughs) we never shared a bed. Let that be known to the world, please. (laughs) They like to fuck on the floor. It's different. We had separate rooms. We never fucked. Yeah, it hits better this way. I'm here to set the record straight. But anyway, John brings this girl home and immediately abandons this idea that I'm not just a random stranger he's living with and introduces me as his sister. And I convince John to play her a song, Broad Ripple's Burning. And they fucked, which I know she probably would have fucked him anyway, but I feel like that sealed the deal. Nothing screams romance about a song of clinical depression yeah but you sing it very well and if people heard it they'd be like damn and i knew that it was a good song for you to sing to her and i was right you literally recorded this song for your anniversary for her i'm right you were saying michael <laughs> yeah when she said i'm in the same room as you i will beat you the separate rooms one for the sleeping and uh one for the other business so that i locked my door at night <laughs> That helps. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. Yeah, you're a very sketchy guy. <laughs> were you afraid that uh, that someone was going to wander in and try to feed you banana bread while you were sleeping? Or uh, he doesn't know how to make it. I don't know what it would be. It would probably just be bananas, and I don't even know if that was a real bananas. <laughs> See, when Kristen that's said not a banana, that's my that she... the reference. But... <laughs> I get the point. <laughs> Uh, remember, there was a, your your former roommate offered to bake me banana bread to assuage the fact that she called me oh. corpulent. So, who's that? Kristen, Kristen was there for that. I thought. Yes, she was. You we were all were on the patio mm-hmm. when. Uh... Oh. <laughs> oh my god! 
<laughs> Did you tell them about her contest? No, but let's let's finish the episode proper first. This is far more interesting than the fucking episode. This thing's I, I, drier I, than a nun's I? cunt. So. What year is it? <laughs> no, like, the nuns are pretty wet. Maybe it's because I was looking forward to this episode, but I think it's been going rather well. Oh, God bless uh, you for saying so. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, so regardless of how this fucking film fared in theaters, Smith said that at this point in his career, he just wanted to make movies that he's happy with. And in his estimation at the time, Tusk was his best film yet. Long agreed wholeheartedly. I think even if I was going to fail, what a fun way to fail. What a fun ship to go down with. <laughs> he said in a nautical fucking... Oh, God. I hate the Hollywood Reporter. I'm never using it again as a source. It's been so well uh, written that I thought it was Wikipedia. Stupid flying fucks. Anywho, uh, an experience. Something to talk about. Good or bad. Something memorable. There are spinoffs. Smith revealed before the release of Tusk he had written a spinoff film called Yoga Hosers, which would feature the cast from Tusk. Uh, to put it succinctly, on August 19th, 2014, Boris Kitt from The Hollywood Reporter revealed further details about the film. I don't give a flying fuck. Who gives a good goddamn? Moving on. And then the third installment is going to be Moose Jaws, uh, which is basically Jaws with a moose. <laughs> I am so looking I'm forward so to in. Moose Jaws. Yeah, that Even bury the I lead. Was wronged by yoga hosers. I am I... looking forward to Moose Jaws. Not a fan of the Bratsies, John. Yoga hosers definitely goes in the arbitrarily numbered top three worst movies of all time for me. It's oh, pretty ghastly. It. it is atrocious, and it's why when Jay and Silent Bob reboot came out. I didn't watch it immediately. Like it turned me off to the idea of watching a Kevin Smith film because I was like, oh, so now that he said that he was going to retire, but then he was like, no, it's like, I'm not retiring. I'm just only going to make movies that I want to make. And then he did, you know, Tusk. And I was like, okay, I can kind of get behind this. And mm -hmm. then Yoga Hosers happened. I was like, I don't want to be here again. I don't think I want to watch the movies that you want to make. Whatever strain he was smoking at the time was devastating to what little bits of his gray matter he was holding on to. He's recovered, but even then, I think it's it's a little too far afield for me. But I'm going to ask a weird question. Do sure, it. Like, he lost a bunch of weight. When was Tusk made related to that Tusk was versus Yoga Housers? Tusk was before his massive... Pre-heart attack. Widow, Widowmaker. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, where... That was that happened here in Arizona. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. And he went to uh, to your hospital, didn't he? No, no, not it was where you were. It was a. I worked at like. 10 it doesn't. Years ago. It doesn't matter. He. Fuck me. <laughs> he it actually happened in, in California. I'm sorry to, to burst your bubble, but. Uh, I it was in Arizona. No big oof. Oh well, never mind. Well, fuck Arizona. Big if true. Anyway. Fuck I the don't best. Work it. If it happened in Arizona, he would be dead. No, he wouldn't if he went to the right hospital. No, he'd on be dead. One. We suck at everything. No, we're good at some hospitals. I can tell you which hospitals suck. We could go down that line, That's but I'm just saying. I'm intrigued. I know. <laughs> That's okay. why I didn't say it. And I'm Michael. <laughs> anyway, my point was you got away from it. So Tusk was before his massive weight loss. Correct. Mm. And Yoga Houses was after? Uh, I don't know the answer to that. Um, yoga Hosers was also... Um, Pre. prior to the, the heart attack. Maybe it was like, you're about to die, dude. Here's a shit movie. 
I don't go up from here. I don't think he knew he was about to potentially You know what? Die. Some people know. I mean, his career's you know been what? on the verge for years, so it's <laughs> I, fine. I like to argue that yoga hosers contributed to his heart attack. Okay. That's what I'm going to argue so that's right reasonable. now. Good. I never watched it, so I have no idea. You're not missing anything. I'm going to watch it now, though. It's, you, you should, just to you know steal yourself for any further cinematic endeavors. All right. So, of the four lies, there were several caught. So, the Two first lie is that the uh, prankster was not William Horace Cole. It was Chris Parkinson, uh, who is another... A Parkinson's fame? Indeed. Uh, <laughs> another Brighton poet and prankster. And subsequently, the uh, sorry, the... <laughs> fuck me. <laughs> so Chris Parkinson has worked on Prank Patrol. Uh, the Montrose hoax is actually based on something that William Horace Cole did in the 1800s. Uh, so different practical jokes, Michael. If you fan yourself one more time. <laughs> You fucking I'm sorry. I was talk. proud of myself. I'm sending anthrax was... to your house. Ooh-wee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so. I'm sending anthrax to your house remix. <laughs> anthrax, bitch. All right. This is how so. Shane got put on watch lists. <laughs> uh, that'd probably make us more popular than we are now, thanks to everybody else's <laughs> contributions. But, All uh, the FBI people watching us now... They still count. One million listeners strong. All right. Whatever helps you sleep at night. The role was not offered to Tracy Morgan at all. He had nothing to do oh. with this. Uh, oh, so you didn't get the mouth babies. No, oh, no mouth knew babies. That. Oh, that's really weird because didn't, you didn't say anything. I know I didn't say anything, but I just I was like, no, yeah, that's not right. Why would he say something so ridiculous? But I was. <sighs> That's the point of the. I know, Michael. I'm gonna for, assault you. Thanks for clipping the mic, bitch. I'm gonna file those anyway, assault sorry. charges. Uh, Please do. Johnny Add Depp did not credit his inspiration as the candy coated or the ca- the candy colored clown they call the Sandman. Okay, that, that is a blue velvet quote. Uh, as was the "baby wants to fuck" line from Michael Parks. <laughs> so those yes, are good ones, dude. Well done. Uh, and so those were the four lies in the course of the episode. This thing is as absurd as you would expect, and I would absolutely recommend that you watch it. It is well worth doing so. I actually really enjoy the movie. I think, uh, as I said, Parks gives a tour de force performance. Uh, it's equally uh, he has a lot of really phenomenal shades as an actor, and so considering he plays two different characters in the same film for kill bill volume two uh i've always appreciated the fact that he slides in and out of things so easily that is yeah, a he's euphemism got a lot of depth in this movie too indeed what you're saying, you know? <laughs> yes uh and he he manages to pivot off of being a kindly and uh, you know somewhat befuddled old man to being this sort of murderous and insidiously evil gentleman which is uh, a lot of fun He's he's bent in all the right ways. Agreed. Well, that lived up to my expectation. Oh, oh did it now? It did. I had a lot of fun with that. You're the one. It's, uh, you're the one that I want. You're the one that I want. Who? 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 
Dear God. All right. Well, thank you all for uh, for being here. I do have to say, I have received, uh, I, since we've buried the lead now, we, we got a significant amount of feedback after uh, last week's episode. There were many folks, including superfan Stephen, who said that uh, he felt we, we all really hit our stride on last oh. week's episode. So so here's to the bees. Yay! It was actually really fantastic, Courtney. You should do more. <gasps> Thanks! I feel like this week won't be as good because I'm on it. Boo! Wrong. Yeah, I feel the same way. I know. No, <laughs> no I think that's uh, I'm speaking, so that, that immediately removes the bulk of the personality from the proceedings. Well, that's... I'm glad I'm here when it's not a Michael week, you know? <laughs> Aren't we, we all? Nobody's <laughs> happy when it's a Michael week. This is your birthday, Kristen. I wouldn't subject you to Michael. I uh, thank Michael God. Topic on you your would birthday. have to change it if it was him. We would have pitted. I would have made a topic if I knew it was I would have changed. I want a Kristen yes. topic. What would Kristen do? Yeah, Kristen, what would you do? Uh, Ooh, I actually, I know exactly what John. I would do, and it would be on <laughs> BIID. It'd be what? BIID. What is that? Body Identity Integrity Disorder. Ooh. Ooh. Well, I actually just saw a, uh, an, a synopsis of a French film called Skins, uh, yeah. which deals with body integrity identity disorder. Yeah, um, so that will be that. That would be an interesting topic. Is this you like prolapsing? Pornhub, right? <laughs> you probably can. Oh my god, their Reddit's amazing. They draw pictures and stuff. It's so good. Okay. What? What? Huh? No, huh? Guys, these people. They. Hello. It's very entertaining. I like it. And I don't know why, but I can't stop. Well, you write an episode can't stop, won't and you stop. let me know when you're ready, and I'll I'll pitch it to the guys. And, yeah, but I'd and, have to take a Michael. Wednesday off. And and Courtney. I stand by my statement. <laughs> uh, she's a guy like I'm a guy. She's more it. man than I am, so that's that's fair. That, right? That's why she's a co-host now. I we... swear to God, I knew her, all her lies last week, and I was like, these idiots. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Awesome. Uh, you guys are great. Everyone except for Michael. If I had a dollar for every time I heard that. If I had a dollar for every time I wished you'd die. <laughs> Same. Have so much money. <laughs> well, I'd have so much money for GameStop. I'm God glad that you fuck. don't have mental illness, Michael. I quit. <laughs> okay. Anywho, we appreciate you all being here every single wonderful week. It's really exhausting and excruciating, <laughs> but I'm sure that you can all just muscle through it, right? This is the joy of my life. This is my greatest achievement yet. <laughs> this is my nightmare. Let me be on. <laughs> you don't know where I've been. <laughs> well, uh, we are also available on the tubes of you every single wacky Wednesday and fucking Friday. So you can check us out at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. We do weird shit like fan fiction and strangely animated clips for no fucking reason. And it's, yeah, uh, it's really grand. It's entertaining. We do After Dark, and Chuck Klosterman talks about babies with strength. It's really oh, fun. <laughs> Michael, you're going to have to give him a good old weird <laughs> Sure. Keep it. (laughs) Shane's in the penalty uh, box. The YouTube gods say no. YouTube is nothing but a bitch. I agree. That is fair. Yes. So. You can, of course, find fan fictions every wonderful Wednesday. We are going to change the pace up a little bit as this week is going to be the finale of Crazy Stupid Insane Love. And then after that, we're going to let John finally get his wish. He will have some fan fiction he doesn't have to take part in. 
Thank so he fuck. can just sit and not listen. Or better yet, not show up. It'll be grand. I'm already not there. Yep. He's left the conversation. He's left the Zoom meeting. Zoom, Cool. Zoom. Anywho, we appreciate you all being here. You can actively avoid us on social media like you have already been doing, and I applaud your efforts. We're on Instagram.com, and it's the fucking disinformed <laughs> podcast with an at symbol in front of it. It's really yep. awesome. We're also yep. at Facebook.com slash disinformed podcast and on the Twitters at disinformed pod. I'm sure you care. I can feel it radiating from your bodies right now. Also, uh, you can find can Michael's OnlyFans at OnlyFans.com slash... Dildo, that's not my dildo. Dildo, that's not my dildo. Um, additionally, we are still running the special that Courtney has been mentioning for months now. And that is uh, if you leave us a comment, a like, subscribe on any of our platforms. Any of them. Just send us a DM and we will send you Michael's personal address to do with what you will. Um, hopefully you're somewhat akin to the BTK killer. Um, <laughs> Whoa. I, I, Whoa. I, I, I bought some used undies that I like to sell to him. You bought used undies that you want to sell to him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it seems Whoa. like you, you added an extra step to that, but um, uh, I'm not going to give him mine. <laughs> since, we're, uh, since we're on the topic of BTK, we're going to go hashtag stocking and stockings. But... Uh, <laughs> We're happy that you were all here. Yes, please. Anybody who actually contributes money to this podcast as well, I will give you Michael's social security <laughs> number. And credit card. I don't need it. And for $15, I'll write you a speech. For $75. <laughs> of your choosing. I will staple my hands together. Huh. And for 25 cents, I will eat the money. For 25 cents, he'll eat dog poop. And the money. <laughs> and I'm Michael. Well, for another stirring installment of Fifty Shades of Shame, we appreciate you all being here for the birthday-tastic edition of Disinformed. Woo! Thank you for being Woo! here, Kristen. Woo! Good job on being born. Thank you for letting me be here and corrupt you all. So we love and appreciate you. So for the Disinformed the podcast this week, I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Michael. I'm Courtney. I'm Kristen. <laughs> All right, now. She can go deeper if you ask her to. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all go tusk yourselves.